0: Welcome to the Love Cars On The Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman.
1: Welcome to Love Cars On The Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. There's plenty of road and rallying across the world to talk about uh, F1 news, Ooh, Christian Horner, uh, amongst other things. Um Daytona 500 is a, well, it's kind of a bit of a funny one that because we're talking now about lunchtime UK time and it's just going to kick off. We will explain why because there's a bit of an unusual thing on a Monday. Um, WRC in Finland, Bathurst, the 12 hours in Australia, which was just epic. Um, Then some single season stuff with some young drivers and the beach buggies were having fun in Saudi Arabia. But um, first, we're going to kick off. Sorry, Tiff, I haven't even given you a, a breath of air to talk about, but I'm going to kick off first about the launch of On the Road on Prime Video on Amazon Prime yes, Video. Please. Because
0: I was going to say before we go to other news, <laughs> we've had a, a wonderful <laughs> week of Love, Cars on the Road hitting the world, going global, and then all of a sudden there was tweeting, "It won't work, it won't work." So you are the man now to explain to us, please, so we can spread the word as to what's going on with our oh, so uh, it was just Prime nice. TV.
1: I was going to do it yesterday, but You know, with all these things, you expect the resolution to happen quickly and you think, well, if I'm going to do a bit of tell people what's the problem, by the time that goes out, the problem will be resolved. But actually, the problem is only just being resolved (laughs) now. Um, So uh, the On the Road series one and two, season one and two, went live throughout uh, five different countries, UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand and the um, USA. However, in the UK, it was under license with ITV. It's still on the ITV hub, as, as most of you guys know and, uh, and have watched.
0: That's just Series um, One. Series
1: one. one. Series One. Series Two should be and, it, and is or will be on, on Prime Video. However, um, Series One was made available on Prime Video as well in error. Not our error, but it doesn't matter whose error it is, it's irrelevant. Um, but it was made, it was made available. So I sent an email to them and said, look, guys, just to let you know, Series 1's under license in the UK with uh, ITV. So in their haste, instead of just removing Series 1 in the UK, they removed everything uh-huh. off the entire platform. Now, wow. it seems that putting things back up on Amazon Prime is a lot more difficult than taking things down because there's a process <laughs> and it's got to tick so many boxes. Um, and sadly, in America, if you're in America, it was pretty unaffected. You still had season one and season two all weekend, which is great. But uh, for the rest of us, UK, New Zealand, Australia and Canada. Yeah, just three episodes. But it was even okay. worse than that because when you look at it, it said unavailable, content unavailable. But actually, it wasn't unavailable. You had to scroll down and then three three episodes were available. But uh, But literally, ten past... 12 today and it's about 20 to 1 GMT now but 10 past 12 we had an update saying it should it's all being refreshed it's all being dealt with and within the next two oh, hours so by the time this is live should have all yeah. six episodes in the UK and all 12 episodes in those four other countries as well so I'm frustrated it's such frustrate, right. euphoria you know we're, we're I, I know
0: we're all some, we're all tweeting building up two days <laughs> to go one day to go two weeks to go uh, and then it doesn't go so, but it's oh, nice it's, and
1: it's been great thank you for all the feedback it, so many messages I, I don't know about you but i had so many messages but, but i've had loads of messages lots of them saying when's it going when's it going to be like what's going on i can't get on and, <laughs> and, and and you don't know what to say because there's only um only so much you can say when, it's, when you have no idea uh, but anyway we're gonna by the time this is live
0: your sound's a bit wooly. Just people don't like our sound. We get complaints. So you are oh, you are no. not in the UK at the moment, so your sounds. It's only a tiny bit wooly. Okay. Just to let people know because they okay. always. We do our best. We do our best. Love well, cars I, on the grid. Well,
1: I went on Sam Moore's podcast. He's an auto a YouTube automotive uh, podcaster, and uh, I went on his podcast, and the, the the sound and everything was so much better. So we we need to invest some money into our sound. If you want us to continue doing these podcasts, we will invest the money and get some decent sound and and bring you a better better experience. But, so let us know if you want us to keep doing these or not. Anyway, let's kick off. What news have you got? There's um, a bit of F1 news going on around the world. The well, not, a lot,
0: not a lot of news. Not a lot of news. Obviously, Christian Horner is still headlines and uh, I don't know, there could, could be a result you know today or tomorrow because, as we'll say later in the programme, what's coming this week is, well, Formula One testing in Bahrain on Wednesday. Um, so I would have thought Red Bull and everybody probably want to get it sorted. It's so difficult. It's a bit of a you don't know what to read in the press, do you? But apparently Max Verstappen hasn't fully supported um, Christian. Now, what I don't know is that he, he hasn't come out. I don't know what does that mean if he hasn't fully supported him. So that's put a bit of a a slightly red flag up, and who really knows? We don't know. We- just waiting, and uh, all will be revealed one day. Sometimes, what, soon, what, what do you make out. of all?
1: No smoke without fire. Do you think he's a bit naughty? What I never know. Mean?
0: All these, all these politicians, disjunkies, everyone that gets you know <laughs> cancelled and silenced when yeah. one little bit of controversy comes up. Um, you know, obviously, the some lady is upset. You know, she's been treated, in her opinion, badly by Christian Horner, so she's complained. Now you know, it's up to them to decide whether that's justified or not. Not for us. shouldn't be asked to decide. Uh, no, we Red shouldn't.
1: should really speculate. Taking the
0: evidence. The,
1: the, the, the problem exactly. is you end up you end up getting uh, a personality that maybe doesn't warm himself to the public. So then when something yeah, happens yeah. like this, the public jump on him well, because yeah. he ha- he hasn't been yeah. sickly. Yeah, he's uh, a controversial graceful. figure.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a mm. marmite. Yeah, he's a marmite character. You know, the times dig up all the everything. He's always been you know a character. So there's a really this, lot of people this, hoping he goes.
1: Is this the beginning of the end for Red Bull?
0: Oh, I don't think so. I think they'll be no, fine. I don't think they'll be so fine. We'll yeah. see. Well, it's yeah. interesting. The next thing, of course, this week, the other news, was all the cars are launching their their colour schemes and their cars. And the thing about Red Bull, whereas everybody else has sort of copied Red Bull's side pods from the last year, and now Red Bull have come out with something that's apparently I I, <laughs> I can't see the differences. One of the journalists says it's actually copied a bit what Mercedes had, some of it, not all of it. So they've changed their side pods while everybody else is chasing what they had. It's quite funny. So whether the, whether they'll shoot themselves in the foot by trying to be too clever and, and making a different side but who knows? Um, I and, whether, and of course, the testing—the testing won't reveal anything. You know, we've got three days testing Bahrain this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the times what do they mean. You know, we don't know. So um, the main—the main writing is all about the colour schemes. They're all coming out mainly black now because they're all saving the weight of paint by having the carbon black carbon exposed on as much bodywork as they can, while still pleasing the sponsors a lot of complaints. All the cars are mainly black now. Um, Aston Martin are all green, but it's a very dark green, to be honest. And sometimes i the telly, you, it looks black anyway. So it's just Ferrari. Ferrari, they they would carry an extra ten kilos rather than not paint their cars red. So um, Forza Ferrari for so still looking red. Um, but that's main complaints: the cars are too black.
1: I wonder so if it's a the, bit of a minor the, the, thing because exposed carbon fibre—you um, can't—you can't do uh, colour in exposed carbon fibre you can no. do a colour. So I wonder if the green is exposed carbon fibre because you can actually do a dark green, no, I think, but you can't do bright I think bright that's reds. heavier.
0: I think that's heavier. I think those, you know, the, I mean, Pagani has coloured carbon yeah. fibre, but a lot of the carbon, but I think it adds weight. I think it's not as light wow. as pure carbon fibre.
1: I'm amazed the weight is that that much, and surely if you've got a George Russell, he's going to weigh more they're than... they obsessed. A, yeah. I know. They're obsessed. But, but, they're obsessed.
0: Well, there is a weight George, for the driver. So it's the chassis, the driver, they have to allow... Absolutely, eighty-two Sorry. kilos. The driver has but it. but but some of the drivers are still overweight. I think the taller ones, so it's still a problem. Weight, but you know, those, those engineers are obsessed with every ounce, something. Sorry, gram, not ounces anymore. Every gram, they're obsessed with. So that goes on. So they'll all be all be up on the track, purring around, and um, not telling us anything real until we get to the first race.
1: No, you never reliability,
0: know. Is reliability is important. I think teams that struggle with reliability. And they're a bit on the back foot when it comes to the first race. It's, it's always impressive to see who does the most laps and gets the most laps in.
1: Remind me so what new drivers we have. Rem- on Formula One, remind me what new drivers we got in this season, or is it still the old None. Magnussen and Hulkenberg None. and Ricardo and Bottas? And- nobody's
0: changed. The first year for Donkey season, nobody's changed. Is boring, boring. That just doesn't give us anything exciting to look at, like a young driver coming in. Um so, yeah, so uh, that's it, really. Off in the world of motorsport, we'd love to be in America. I'd love to be talking about the Daytona 500, <laughs> the most fantastic race that kept me up until midnight last night watching them all. But it rained all day long. And um, luckily, they have this Monday. they all NASCAR and IndyCar. I have a, have a, usually have Monday as a, booked in as a, as a backup. And so uh, I think it's raining it's about midnight. It's probably still raining now, but it's at uh, yeah, 9 p.m. UK time. I think they should be going green, 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 green for the Daytona 500. There's also, of course, they've got the Xfinity race today. So they've got two races in a day instead of so just a one. So if you have hung around in Daytona Beach, um, you're going to get the Xfinity race as well, where a lot of the interest is in Shane Van Gisbergen and making his uh, Infinity debut, of course, the Australian uh, Super Touring Champ. So I'm looking forward to tonight. I presume it'll still be available on the TV sets of, uh, well, via play we have in the UK, as long as they've switched their programming. So, I've still got the beers in the fridge. So, I'll be looking forward to the Daytona 500 this evening.
1: You've raced there, Tiff?
0: No, I've raced the 24 hour race, which obviously uses the infield as well as the banking. Yeah. So, but we know we've been out watching the Daytona 500 with the guests of uh, Motor Passion. Luckily, we didn't have a tour this year with Motor Passion, (laughs) otherwise, we'd be consoling our clients which did happen to us about five minutes. It's so rare that it rains. But funnily enough, with climate change, I have noticed, if you want to talk about affecting our planet, whatever's causing it, um, that there is more rain. You know, coming these these NASCAR races, I watch uh, one a week, and the IndyCar races, there are more being hit by rain showers that have have stopped the racing. I mean, this has only happened about twice in Daytona in the 50 years it's been running. So it's a very rare occasion, but it happened about four years ago, and that's happened this year. So um, the rains are coming, but fortunately, snows are still going to Sweden because whereas we're already about there skiing this week because it's all it's on grass. Finland, Finland. not Sweden. Yeah. yeah. Was it the rally Finland? No, it was the rally Sweden. Now you've got. Well, Why did you Why did you tell myself. me?
1: Why you say Finland in your notes? You're trying to confuse me. Made me look bad. Yes, you did. Oh, WRC went notes, snow plowing you know. in Finland.
0: Because well, a Finnish driver won it,
1: okay. I can't get it
0: right all the time. I've got it cross linked, so still, rarely, still, it was still snowing Scandinavia. In, Sweden.
1: Scandinavia, Scandinavia. Was snowing.
0: <laughs> in fact, it was snowing too much. because um, the drivers, uh, the problem was it was snowing during the event, and so the tracks disappeared overnight. Uh, and the guys up front, which included Elfin Evans on the first day and, and the second day, were struggling terribly because you were snowplowing, it's like gravel clearing, it's always a problem. Well valley there is a big advantage sometimes of, of starting down the field and a big advantage occasionally of starting at the front if it's a tarmac rally but the snow was terrible so if you, there were no marks the same cars coming second and thirds, mm-hmm. no lines because they, they rely very much on the snow i've seen those suddenly deep imprint where people have braked so the braking point is often ah. visible because when they hit the brakes they dig a deeper rut never
1: and thought you see about that, coming.
0: that. And it was also foggy as well. It was a really, really tricky conditions on the first day. So um, that braking works eight... the
1: same as when I'm following you and I see the lockup marks. on the, <laughs> yes, the lockup. The lock-up mark. Mark.
0: <laughs> but uh, only eight runners of the manufacturer again this year. Still worried about there for rallying. Three Toyota's, three Hyundai's, the two Fords. Um, but on day one, you know, we lost two. Well, the current world champion and a former world champion, Callum and Perra making his occasional outing, reigning world champion, didn't do Monte Carlos, but he's only doing a, a selected events. He hit the snow banks on the Friday. So did Ot Tanak, former champion uh, in his Hyundai. So they were running well behind with the field for the rest of the rally. Um, so that was two out on, on day one. And at the end of day one, in fact, it was uh, Takamoto Katsuta, who's Elphine Evans' uh, Toyota teammate now, um, who was running further down the field, had good grip or better grip than the others. He was leading for the, towards the end of Friday, but then uh, the backup Hyundai man, Escapacalapi, the Finnish driver who's in occasional rides for uh, Hyundai this year, uh, he gradually caught up with Katsutra and took the lead on the Friday night. So exciting battle up front. Elfin Evans dropped further and further away because he was stuck running up front, um, especially when Tanak had gone, uh, snow ploughing his way through. Uh, Thierry Nouvelle had engine troubles, dropped back. So, it was pretty much becoming a two horse race as early as the Friday of the four-day event. Uh, And in fact, Katsuta then was being pressured by Lappi. Lappi got past him. It was quite a good battle. And then poor old Taku put himself off into the sandbanks on Saturday. And then it was just a cruise home for Escobar Lappi to take his second-ever World Championship win. So it's it's frustrating. you know. When you don't have much of a competition for two days, it sort of takes the sting out. You all get excited on day one, and it's all so close. Um, which is why they've introduced this new point system. So and I can't, I actually cannot be bothered to work out you're the points man, blum <laughs> and hell. Because Elfin Evans, who finished second, got more points than Eske um, because What's he scored about? better on the day two. I don't I don't know. I don't know. There's power stage points, there's points for each day. And it, it's a nightmare as far as I'm concerned. I can't be bothered to work it out. I should wait for someone else to give me the championship leader. Um so Elfin had a good comeback on the Sunday when he was running with better conditions, um, and, he, and he battled back. And in fact, he overtook a really good run for good for Fords because they've had a bad time. They haven't got the money. The other have but Adrian Adrienne Formo was running third in these Ford had a really good run because he started lower down on the first two days, had better road conditions. Yep. Um, but Elfin finally trapped him down on the Sunday to take second place off third place off him, second off him. Get myself confused now. Took second off, in, uh, yeah. and then and but Formo had a podium for Ford, which was really good for Ford. Um, Thierry Nouvelle managed to get through to fourth place, sort of surviving but catching up towards the end when his engine problems were sorted. So fifth overall was the WRC two winner Oliver Solberg, which was an amazing drive for him. And one thing I think on Friday night he was third overall because all the front runners were the leading the World Rally cars who had the worst conditions, he was coming along ninth on the road in his little WRC2 car with narrower tyres and, uh, and you know, you don't need that much power in those sort of conditions, you know, with the snow and the grip. The amazing rally. I mean, he, he you know he had his WRC manufacturers' uh, drive, what, two years ago, and sort of had too many crashes and fell back again. He's very young, but, I mean, he's a huge, huge talent. Um, so he was fifth overall in the World Rally. So spectacular photos as usual, always yeah. amazing, but... I mean, frustrating when they go in those sandbanks. When they're in the sandbanks, you can't get out for four or five minutes if you're lucky, you know. They bury themselves. And that was the end of poor old Cap uh, star moment. But it's interesting, Eskepakalapi. Like uh, like hang, hang on, hang on, we're in it?
1: Sweden. How are we getting
0: sandbanks in Sweden? Snowbanks, I said did I say sand. Oh I'm cracking up now, <laughs> big time. I was thinking about <laughs> The snowbanks. I was thinking about Lamo and stuff. But, I mean is a, a, a one of these drivers that sort of he won the Finnish Rally. and It was the Finnish Rally in 2017. So he won his home rally seven wow. years ago. and hasn't wow. won since. And he's always been on the edge of manufacturers. He comes, and gets a full season, and then he sort of dropped. And then, and I looked. I mean, 2020, and 21, and 22, we didn't have a ride at all. Just a few odd rallies, no permanent ride. Uh, he got a Toyota ride last year and four pole positions, podium positions, and you know he's been struggling to get this drive permanent and now he's back to being a part-time with hyundai because they've employed Tanak, who was at ford so he's been pushed back out again of a regular drive so he's sharing a hyundai the third hyundai for most of the year so a great rally for him so yeah it's, it's spectacular stuff good stuff in sweden in the snow won by a finnish driver ahead of elfin evans a welsh driver ahead of the french driver in a ford two so different is- manufacturers on the podium
1: the best and three different nationalities who is the best rally driver of all time
0: Ooh. well you know, you'd always go Colin McRae really wouldn't I think hard hard to beat Colin but I mean, the, the trouble is the Sebastians won all the championships you know was it about 13 years on the trot Sebastian won the rally championship, Sebastian Loeb and then Sebastian Ogier so yeah <laughs> You've got the, the outlandish McRae for his style and spectacle, but the two French Sebastians as the sort of monotone rally winners, and they're never as spectacular as McRae. But then you go back to
1: Roger Clark. You know, I mean, it depends
0: how far you go back. I don't know my rally history that well. I'd obviously go Colin McRae, but it's probably Sebastian. Yeah, maybe.
1: I think so. so yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it'd be hard to argue against that. Okay, where we go next? We go to um... we go down under. We go from down the under, mate. North Pole down to the South Pole. <laughs> well, Australia <we'll go> <laughs> at least. It's well, amazing the Tropic of, tropic of Cancer, Capricorn. Tropic of <clears throat> Capricorn or Cancer? Oh my goodness! My bad as me fried. now. Snow or oh, snow or sand? Sand or snow? Tro- tropic of Capricorn. Yeah. My goodness, my job, But anyway, we're we're down in uh, down under in Bathurst. It's
0: amazing Bathurst. It's it's around the the World GT3 Championship and GT4. Thirty cars around the Bathurst. we starting in the dark. I love that because we can see it yeah. live in England when you watch it in the middle of the night. Uh, amazing scenes! The sunrise comes up. And so, there's amazing track, which I've never even driven around. They're like raced around um, a punishing circuit up in the mountains. So many twists and, and down. turns. Yeah,
1: it's very twisty turning, quite narrow um, places as well.
0: But uh, like, like all motor racing now, we've gone fully American because it's pace cars. In any instant now, whether it's a Formula Four race in the United Arab Emirates or a Grand Prix. Uh, any instant now we go got a full course yellow pace cars which you know has for the spectators the advantage of keeping everybody packed together you can't yeah. pull a lead out which is as yeah. frustrating as a driver when you work your socks off for an hour to get a six or seven or ten second lead but why not bother to do that you've got a full course oh. yeah,
1: exactly. so we ended up with
0: a, we ended up after after 11 and a half hours with seven cars still on the lead lap when a caution came so we did have a fantastic last twenty minutes. Seven cars, uh, nose to tail. Although well, in fact, the, the winning Porsche nine eleven, driven by the Australian local hero Matty Campbell, pulled out quite instantly an easy lead. Looked like to be the the car to beat and stretch his lead quite quickly uh, with Lawrence Van and Anthony Guven as his co-driver. So great win for yeah. Aussies, <clears throat> Porsche nine eleven. But the battle over the last you know, fifteen minutes between the second to fifth place, the Mercedes and Audi a Porsche and a BMW, wonderful variety, all hammering. There was a good overtaking manoeuvre that uh, pushed one backwards and forwards. I can't remember who. Uh, but Valentino Rossi was briefly, he was sharing, the, he wasn't driving at the end, but he was. his car was the, the BMW in the pack. And he was on the podium for a minute in third and then he was back in fifth. There's a lot of drama going on. So great entertainment. Uh, quick mention, ninth overall and winner of the Pro-Am was, a, was the Porsche 911 teammate of the winning Porsche 911. Where uh, Harry King, the young British driver who's uh, going up and up in the international world, I hope I'll see him win Le Mans. I told you he was an instructor at Thruxton when he was a young, cheeky kid, <laughs> um, just beginning his, he did Jeanette, as I think he was doing, then he moved up to the Porsche and won the British Championship. Lovely lad. And I said to him, I look forward to seeing you win Lamar in about, uh, I don't know what year it'll be, about 2030, but uh, hopefully Harry King will get to that top rank of Porsche. Uh, I hope, I hope work, he remembers so. that I
1: hope he remembers that little bit of encouragement and because you, <laughs> you always encourage and motivate for those who don't know you know off off camera as well yeah. he loves doing this podcast yeah. but you're always so so supportive of uh particularly British drivers but any any drivers young well, yes, drivers genuine, yes. yeah young drivers you know they're down at yeah. trucks
0: and so many racing schools you know earning a bit of money you know, they can't win. in fact the sound there's less and less uh, of these young drivers actors instructors around you know not just trucks and the other schools because they're all rich kids, you know, and their dads, they don't need to work, to, you know, survive. Whereas you know, the, the, they're so rich, most of the young drivers come at the ladder. So I support them even more, those that haven't got much. like Adam cristola um won the GT4 category in a Mercedes, part of the winning team. So he's a, a young boy, he's a Greek-British kid that um, had enough money to get him to Formula Ford, Formula Renault, and then just ran out and uh, he's earning money racing GTs around the world. I love to see that. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. So that's the Bathurst 12 hours. And then we go a bit further down south. I don't know which Tropic of Cancer Corner, which Antarctic or Arctic. I think it's the Antarctic down there. To New Zealand. Um, There were these three single-seater championships. All the youngsters, kids, we talked about this last year, all the spending five weeks away from home. It's
1: it's, it's all well and good to say about their mums and dads, their parents spending the money. And they they, they do typically come from wealthy families. But it doesn't matter if you're talented and you've got that opportunity. Good for you. Good for you. Absolutely. But no, the British-Polish-British
0: yeah. Polish, British, or Polish-British-Polish or Polish-British uh, kid, this Roman Belinsky uh, tied up the, uh, a uh, what's it called, the Oceanic, Oceana, forming a, region, yeah. a regional Oceana championship. In fact, he ended his last race, the most spectacular thing, it's on YouTube today. Um, He was running, running fourth, I think, and the guy in front of him, was well, he's running sick. in fact, the guy in front of him hit the wall. There was a wall on the exit of the last corner before the Czech flag. And the guy in front of him hits the wall Which virtually brings him to a standstill, and uh, Roman was right behind him, nowhere to go. Goes over the top of him, takes the checkered flag. I don't think he needed the points to win the championship. He literally took the checkered flag in the air, having got over the back of the car in front of him, and hit the wall. Wow, I didn't know. It's interesting. Yeah, it's on YouTube now. But no, but this Roman Balinski, I talked about him in our last podcast, saying that he you know, he hadn't done much in Britain at all. He was, yeah. where was he? he was 21st overall doing Formula Regional Europe last year. Now he's young then, he is getting older, he's 18 now. And all of a sudden he's gone down to Australia, New Zealand. Um, surprised everybody at winning this championship. He's moving up, staying another year in Formula Regional uh, next year. So it will be fascinating to see how he fares when he's back amongst, you know, how good was that series? You don't really know the competition, how good the, the, the opponents were. So he'd be back in Formula Regional Europe, uh, where he will meet the winner of the Formula Regional um, Middle East, Tapu Tuka Tappanen. So Tuka Tappanen, the one that won the Formula 4 Championship. He's a Ferrari Academy boy. Is this Finnish? He is Finnish. Get these all right, Finnish, Swedish. Um He's got two U's and two K's in his 2 by the way. You can't just say Tucker. It's 2-U-U-K-K-A. A A really talented kid. So he won the Formula Regional Middle East. He's doing Formula Regional Europe. He he looks
1: exceptional, doesn't he? He looks a real talent.
0: Maybe Belinsky. Now he's got more talent, more skill. Maybe he'll surprise everybody.
1: Um, I'll tell you what is surprising. second, Finland, for being such a small country, they don't half-bomb out some good, talented drivers
0: grow up on ice don't they grow up on ice there's no doubt yeah. about rally drivers they grow up grow up driving on ice yeah, but um, but anyway, Wallach, beats British driver, well. um yep. Taylor Barnard came second in the former Regional <laughs> Middle East he's going Formula 2 he's got the last Formula 2 spot not with the best of the teams but uh whereas Tucas with uh with the famous Prima mob so he's got the best chassis and the Focus. third of the that finished was the Formula Four UAE where the British driver Freddie Slater, much touted, highly rated youngster that dominated Genetta's last year, uh, he took the, uh, the the championship. He's doing Italian in Formula Four next year in Prima, so there's a name good, to shout good out team. for. Yep, and of course that Formula Four UAE championship was where Dorian Pound, this French girl, which we've been talking about uh, as maybe, maybe she could, maybe uh, she didn't actually do the last two rounds last week. I don't know why she missed them out. Um... She finished 10th of the points in the end. She had one win, but, you know, this is the trouble. You can get excited about Dorian, but it is Freddie Slater, 16-year-old, beating um, all the races, not by much. You know, when you move up the ladder, this is where it gets so hard. You just can't mm. jump up, you know, because Freddie Slater one day is going to meet Tuka Tappan, and they're going to meet all the others from different single-seater series. So the talent gets tougher and tougher every step you go up.
1: Yeah, but, but they're going to get, get better and better as well. They're young. Yeah, I hope well, exactly. Dorian well, I know, I know. rises to the occasion. Good yep. for her. Uh, the win wasn't the ideal win because it was only after that she was awarded the win. She didn't cross a checkered flag first, yeah, but still, still. But she still. had pole, pole, position, pole position. Yeah, thirty-seven cars. She had pole position. Crazy. Yeah. Talk so, us through some single-seater commentary with these young lads. Where did I saw a bit on Twitter with you? Um, and there's it been a divided opinion on that. Most oh, yeah,
0: people... I, I went a bit strong. I went a bit strong because there's, there's a shouty commentator. I forget it. You know, Jake, Jake, not Jake. Well, I do apologise. Maybe I shouldn't have gone big on Twitter and said, you know, it was the worst commentary, but he does shout too much. I like to watch these
1: youngsters. He's a, you know he's a brilliant the... commentator and he's very knowledgeable. If he just he he about, down a oh, bit. We did get very, very excited. I yes. get excitable, but he, got, he made me look like I was totally chilled. <laughs>
0: So, but I mean, it's, it's it's the whole thing in commentary in general. I think the trouble is, I think the producers are telling them to be excited. You know, sometimes they're encouraged to do it, by, but you know, I don't know, it's the modern world, and maybe I'm all past it, but and I can't watch, that, so I can't relax and enjoy the racing. If there's just a constant shout going on. That's my yeah. opinion. But my opinion was supported a lot, but I shouldn't go and say it was the worst commentary, but it was Except it was pretty, pretty...
1: Murray Walker, probably the most famous British commentator ever. He's yeah. the most commentator. He shouted, but he did it in a nice way. And he let yeah, the but only, cars do the occasionally, talked. Yeah, only occasionally. Yes, yeah, you, yes. you go, but the trouble is now, it seems to be you hit volume 11
0: as they leave the grid, and you stay at volume 11 throughout the whole thing. So you, you're running out of voice and effort. When it does
1: get exciting, you've got to be screamy. And you're trying to make something but, yeah. exciting the whole way through, as you just said, yeah, when yeah, actually yeah. it's uh, lots of races there are not exciting. Yeah. No. Moments of excitement, Sorry. and they should be applauded, but... uh Okay, so where are we going to move from here? Uh... We've gone down to New Zealand. We've done a bit. We've gone back to the Middle East. We came from New
0: Zealand back to the Middle East for those other two chair and the chips. And then we go to Saudi to finish off the motorsport of the weekend. And actually, you'll be surprised by this. I quite enjoyed Extreme E on Saturday and Sunday. Um, it was a simple course which kept them closer. So there was quite a good racing and overtaking manoeuvres going. It was a very wide desert with only a few you know lines to take was actually some good racing. I've a, a chuckle. And we got Katie Mannings, this young girl from, from England. She was a rally driver. She started. has been racing in Extreme East since it started. She had some really strong races, which was good to see. Um, and then we, we had this new team, really, because uh, Lewis Hamilton's dropped out without any big They're races. all, dro- so they're all dropping dumped out. It. All I know is not much. But the American team, Jimmy Johnson's picked up a team, which I don't, I don't know whose team it was. He's now taken over. Whether it was Lewis's mob or a different team. Anyway... He's at Daytona, so he couldn't race. So he brought in, this was the highlight of the telly for me, he brought in Travis Pastrana, who's (laughs) this character, that the most wonderful stunt driver, rally driver, loop-the-loop driver, lunatic driver, uh, who was entertaining, you know, he was overtaking people and waving at them, but his commentary was always good. Uh, And he brought with him for Jimmy Teams, um, this 19-year-old American girl, Grey Ledbetter, if I spelt it right, I hope. Uh, So she was pretty much, she does nitro racing with Travis Brissadar, which is this sort of you know showboating, parading, exhibition racing. She was really impressive. 19 year old, straight in the desert. There's the car. Get on with it. Um, so that was good. I would take good. I did enjoy it, but good. I think the track helped. Was-
1: I-, I spoke to was a. It. I spoke to a head of PR for um, Extreme. E, and they're a bit despondent with it, just because they said it's not good for fans to watch, and they want, of course, as head of PR for a certain one of the teams. Uh, they want more people to watch it and and they said that you know often you go on the live feed and there'll be 250 people watching typically on the live feed and they said if you imagine how many people friends and family that want to watch their own teams that's not leaving a lot of scope for other people to be Mm -hmm. watching live so it's a bit frustrating i think because nice to hear that you've got some positive feedback about it and it was an exciting race
0: but it's going Extreme H next year. <laughs> they've got yeah. about three more Extreme E's just where they've got it more competitive and reliable. Because they had a lot of reliability problems when Extreme E started. And and I talk- can imagine Extreme H.
1: Yeah. Talking reliability, just so you know, we're reliable podcasts. The information you hear here is uh, accurate. The Tropic of Cancer is, of course, the Northern <laughs> Territory Tropic of, Tropic of Capricorn. Is southern, so uh, southern hemisphere. Yeah, and what's territory? that got? To, I didn't even know where you were going. What's that got to do with Bathurst? Bathurst versus is, is Bathurst very close. above or below the tropics? It's very Canada, close to the tro- tropic of
0: um, Is it? Is it? Is it yes. below it or above
1: it? it below. I'm it? not going to commit to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's, sure it's below it. Tropic of Capricorn is right up the where, top of Australia. Cap- I'm sure. Can we where Bathurst is, and I'll tell you where, where whether it's north or south. Tropical Capricorn goes through about. Two thirds up of Australia. Through yeah, Australia. no, Bathurst Two-thirds is below like that. It's not in okay. the tropics. It's not a tropical yeah. race circuit, right? Yeah, but, but it's just an imaginary line tip. It doesn't really exist. It's not like this. <laughs> it's, not, it's an imaginary line. So it goes through Alice Springs, which is in the desert of Australia. So it's a it's an imaginary line. Um, and I think Bathurst, because my cousin, my my cousin, my nephew is going to drive there next weekend with his father, and it's a twelve-hour drive from. North of Brisbane, Mooloola bar So yes, yeah, so it must be really? north of it. Must be north of the Tropic of Capricorn. No, now you're gonna... <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just told you it's not. The twelve-hour drive happens to be west. I think, okay. not north. So you drive. Right. You might so, have a twelve-hour drive
1: unless you know. Let's next move week. on to next week.
0: <laughs> next week. Well, this week. Really. Meanwhile, i have got to Google. Week, um, first up tomorrow the MotoGP boys are out but testing it in Qatar, great interest can anyone catch the, the, the dominating Ducatis um, who knows can our boy on his KTM be a star so testing and of course Formula 1 starts Wednesday, Thursday, Friday um, and we'll try to understand something and learn something we probably won't But on the weekend, great, Ray. Great, what a way to start. The motorbike season kicks off with world superbikes around the most amazing Phillip Island circuit in Australia, um, which is a fabulous track. And it's, you know, the interest there is that that Razgat Kliogu switched from uh, Suzuki to BMW, which hasn't won any races for a long time. Uh, Whereas Jonathan Ray has gone the other way, left, who was he on? He was on um, the other mob. Anyway, he's gone to Suzuki, so he's changed teams. But they still both got to beat Alvaro Bautista from the factory Ducati who's the reigning champion. So really good, really interesting to see the superbikes this weekend. Yeah, will be. And NASCAR boys, if they've dried out and managed to, it's not raining in Atlanta. They'll be doing the, the uh, one and a half mile over Atlanta next weekend. So me, on, oh, of course, coming soon, like tonight, is the Daytona 500, baby. Yeah.
1: I've
0: oh, got is- beers. My- <laughs> I
1: hope they're Hawks also- home. It's in, so, it's, it's, so, for those uh, waiting in suspense about uh, this geographical conundrum, <laughs> Bathurst is south of the Tropic of Cancer. Of i Capricorn. told you. That's
0: what I said. And and the bank. You said in, it's north. I said the Tropic is north of Bathurst.
1: Right.
0: And we've decided that. In Sweden, it's snowbanks and not (laughs) sandbanks. And we decided the World Rally Championship
1: was in Sweden and not in England. Educational podcast. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to watch on the road. It should be available by now. Um, Yes, season two in the UK, season one to America, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. Enjoy, and we'll see you next week. Will we see you next week? Cheers. Are we back next week? Yes might be.
0: What is it? <laughs> maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Yes, we should be. There's not a lot happening, but we'll, it's what's happening? Yes, because we look, talk about the Superbikes and Formula One testing. Of course, we'll be coming back.
1: We'll be right next week. See you next week. Thanks for joining.
0: Chaos.